From the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts at Central Michigan University, welcome to Depth of Field, a podcast highlighting the careers, experiences, and accomplishments of our broadcast and cinematic arts graduates. I'm your host, Patty Williamson. Join me as I chat with media pros who reflect on their time at CMU, their lives and careers after graduation. Along the way, they'll share advice they have for anyone looking to work in a wide variety of media fields. And that's why we call it Depth of Field. Joining us today is Jazz Pompolis, class of 2015. He graduated from the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts with his Master in Arts. Now he's an associate producer at Zealot Inc. Hey, Jazz, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Patty. We really appreciate you coming in and kind of sharing your experiences out in the workforce, as well as talking a little bit about your experience as a student in the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts. And like I said, you graduated in 2015. You went through our master's program. So I know that you're from Brooklyn originally. How did you end up at Central Michigan University? I was at Brooklyn College. Uh, it was my last year and I had a mentor out there and I was just thinking about it. I'm just like, you know, I don't know why, but I was just like, yo, do you, you know, I was talking to him like, do you think I should get a master's degree? And he's one of those guys like he won't give you an answer. He'll tell you a story. He'll tell you a story and you have to come up with the decision from that story. And basically he's saying, go get that damn master's degree. So I'm like, so I applied like my last year and um, he actually sent me the application to CMU. And I'm like, I don't want to go to Michigan, man. That's damn near Canada, <laughs> you know? And then, uh, I don't know, I talked with my family and they're just like, yeah, go ahead and do it. You never know. Like, go ahead and do it. We support you and filled it out. They accepted me and I was on my merry way to uh, the mitten. So was that a bit of a culture shock for you to move to Mount Pleasant, Michigan? Hell yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm used to subways. I'm used to, you know, I'm used to the train. I'm used to the bus. I'm used to jerk chicken on rice and peas. I have none of that in Michigan. <laughs> and when I moved out there, I was kind of, I was kind of no, low key. I was depressed like, for the first two weeks. Cause it was just like, what is this place? Like, I don't know nothing. Like I was, I was alone. I had no family. I had no nothing here. And, you know, I didn't have a car either because, you know, New Yorkers, we don't we don't drive really. Uh, we don't we don't need vehicles. So it was definitely a culture shock for sure. But, you know, I I, I settled, you know, I got my feet wet in the pool, you know, and then I dived in. Yeah. What was it that kind of hooked you into staying? Uh, what hooked me into staying? Well, first, I was on a scholarship. I mean, <laughs> am I really going to turn down, you know, a, a scholarship and. Huh, what hooked me into staying? I mean, the people, the people was just cool. Like the, you know, the friends that I made, the professors. Uh, yeah, I met this professor, uh, Dr. Williamson. Like she was really cool. Like she, you know, <laughs> her class, she has, she did a director's class, I believe. God, what happened to her? Yeah, never yeah, heard from was, again. Yeah, I don't know. But she was like one of the reasons that helped me like, you know, to, to stick around. Like, all right, let me stick it out. And Plus, I'm not a quitter. I'm like one of those people. I'm like, all right, I made this decision. I'm sticking to it. And we're going to ride this out and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, I'll make jokes about it on stage. We should talk about that. <laughs> you actually perform a bit, too. I do. I, uh, I've been performing for like, I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been doing it on and off for like 12 years. Uh, I've actually performed at Rubbles. The, they had like, you know, they have that stage. Like I've, I've done a couple comedy nights there. And that's where I met a, you know, a couple of my friends this very day, Rhea Juridico. 
I met her that night. Anna Swando, I met her there too. Yeah, I've been doing that, and I've, and I've been doing that here in L.A. on and off. I haven't done it since the shutdown, but the jokes are still there, you know? <laughs> Do you think that that's something that in the future you're going to pursue, I guess, more full-time? Uh, or do you see your path being more working in jobs like what you have now? I don't want to be a stand-up comedian. Like, I don't, because what made me realize not, uh, that I don't want to do it is, like, I, I did a set at the comedy store in L.A., and I invited, you know, this is a comedy store. I'm invite everybody from work, friends, everything. And I did great. I did great that night. And then I went back to work like three days later. And then my friend uh, recited a set, like something from my set. And that threw me off guard. I'm just like, yo, like we're at work right now. Don't don't do that. Like, let's keep that there. Like, don't bring that to my job. And so that made me really uncomfortable. So I'm thinking like, okay, I don't think I can pursue this as like a career because it's going to be like that, like all the time. Like if I'm in the streets, someone's going to say this and it's just like, hey, like, let's let's leave it in the comedy club. Like, I'm not really like the way that I am. Like, please, let's let's not do this. So I see myself being I see myself being in the producing world and uh, the television writing world. That's where I feel comfortable behind the scenes. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody's gonna, you know, walk up to me in the street like, hey, did it? It gets, it gets old. So no, I don't want to pursue that full time. So let's talk a little bit about what your job is now. So mm-hmm. you're working with Zealot. Can you tell us a little bit about what a typical day or maybe a week is for an associate producer? Okay, so yes, I work for Zealot Inc., which is a creative marketing agency. So we cut uh, trailers and TV spots and digital campaigns for movies, TV shows, anything that's like coming out that needs some marketing, you know? So a typical workday is right now I'm managing like 12 projects, (laughs) I'm managing 12 projects, but, um, you know, but it, it comes in waves, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, you have five projects you're managing, managing today. And you have two tomorrow and you might have none that come back. It all depends on like the client notes and all that other stuff of just like what they want, what they want out of the campaign and they come back to us. So yeah, I have 12 active projects right now. So like today I'm working on um, Disney plus, like they're doing their season streamings, which is coming out. Uh, Check it out if you can, like, I'm sure you'll see it somewhere. Hey, subscribe to Disney plus. Yes. They're not paying me to say this, by the way. So they owe me a check. Um, but yeah, so the typical workday is relaying information to my team to make sure that the designers understand what needs to be done, the editors understand, and they have everything that they need to get things done. And I'm basically the liaison between the editors, the designers, and the client. So I have to make sure everybody's happy, everybody knows what they're doing, so we can continue our business. And so most of the projects that you're working on, are they generally promos, trailers, things like that? What's the range? There is like, it's so wide range. It's eclectic. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just trailers and TV spots. Like one thing that we're working on right now is uh, that movie, The Lost Daughter, uh, that's coming out on Netflix in December. Right now we got, we got hired to design the, you've been to Times Square, right? In New York. Yeah. 
So we're we're doing the digital poster in Times Square on 43rd and Broadway, I think. So we're we got hired to do that job. So like it's it's things like that. It's more it's you know it's creative. I could put my two cents into it, which is pretty cool. And yeah, so it could, it could go that way. It just depends on what do you want. Do you want the bill? Do you want the billboard on this highway or this freeway? What do you want on there to us to design it? And you know what I mean. So it's it it just anything marketing that you could think of we can do it. Do you see yourself staying in this position for a while? Uh, where do you see it kind of evolving in terms of your career trajectory? I see myself staying here a while. I mean, yo, they're teaching me to be a badass producer in this game, you know? So I, I see myself staying here, growing a while. I don't want to be pigeonholed, but I'm just going to take what they taught me here and, you know, hopefully move on to pre-production, which is where I want to be. You know, marketing's cool. Marketing's great. There's money in marketing, kids. But that's not where I want to be. What exactly would you want to do with pre-production? The writing and developing of content. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a TV guy. You know what I mean? Movies, not so much. I'm more of a TV. I like the intimacy of TV. I like creating things that can, I sound old saying this, that could, you know, that you watch every week. But I don't think it's like that anymore, like with the streaming where they just throw a whole season at you in like one day. But Hulu, yeah, you binge. There you go. That's the correct term. But Hulu is starting to stop that, though, where it's just like their content is like every certain week, which I appreciate that. I hope I see myself there just to have that. But yeah, I see myself going into pre-production. I see myself going into TV and I'm just learning. This is all just the, the stepping stone for me to get there. That's all. So we should take a step back for a moment and talk mm -hmm. a little bit about how you got to the position you're in. Um, so mm -hmm. you graduated 2015. Mm -hmm. Where did you go from there? I, when I graduated, I did a, I'm going to call it a sentence. Uh, <laughs> I did a sentence at the Disney College program in Orlando, Florida. Now, normally I hear people love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm that guy who didn't really appreciate it that much. Um, and I don't know if I could say too much about it because I feel like, you know, there's ears here that, so I'm just going to say it wasn't a good time, but I'm grateful for it. But I did that stint at Disney, at uh, the Disney college program for like eight months. And then um, I went back home to New York. I went back home to New York, you know, trying to look for a job in my backyard. You know what I mean? I wanted to, I wanted to be in New York, you know, New York is great. Best country in the world. And I couldn't find anything there. Talk about rejection. Like, ESPN, NBC, I couldn't find nothing for like two years. So I don't know. Uh, I had a friend who lived out here, which is, I believe is one of your students. I'm not sure. His name is Joel Culture. Yeah. He moved out to, he moved out to California straight after school. So, you know, he was, he was there a year before I moved. And so he would just tell me about his situations like, yo, man, California is great. It's good out here. Uh, I'm doing really well. I have seven jobs. I'm sleeping on the floor of my friend's place. But yo, you should come out here. It's great. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right, cool. <laughs> and he was just keep in touch with me. You know what I mean? Like every life event that he had, bro, I lost a toe. Look, <laughs> like, I'm not even joking about that. He really lost the toe on his way to work. Oh, um, no. Yeah, it was pretty bad, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. So he was just, he would just keep telling me and he kind of just like, you know, like, come, just come out here, man. If it's not working out in New York, you have me here. Like, yo, we'll grind together. And I don't know, yo, I said a prayer. I'm just like, look, if nothing comes 
this from July 2017 onto the new year of 2018, I'm taking that I have to move to California. And lo and behold, nothing came on. I moved to California March 3rd, 2018. And then it was just like a grind ever since, you know, I, I worked at Trader Joe's. I still work at Trader Joe's on Sundays. It's a great place. I worked at Trader Joe's for a very long time, just like grinding, trying to look it out. The thing about LA is that they don't care what degree you have. They don't care where you come from. All they care about is, do you have, have you worked in LA professionally in television or film? That's all they care about. They don't care what, what you did outside. So that was like a hard pill to swallow. So I ended up being a 27 year old intern, which I was kind of ashamed of, but kids, it's okay. It's okay. You gotta, you gotta, you have to have your name, you know, you gotta get your foot in the door some way, somehow. I was an intern at um, Traveling Picture Show Company, which was a um, production company. Uh, they produced stuff that I don't remember, um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a great experience. It was, it was, it was good. It was good. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have gotten the job at, um, as a, I got the job as a production coordinator uh, for a dubbing company, which, you know, they do dubs for, this was called SDI. They did dubs for Money Heist. They did dubs for anything that you could think of. English, Latin American, Spanish, all that other stuff. And I was the production coordinator making sure stuff got done. So after that, I transitioned to this job and uh, I've been happy ever since. You mentioned that you did an internship once you mm -hmm. got to LA. Yes. Do you think it's important for students to be doing internships while they're in college to try to start to make some of those connections? I don't see anything wrong with internships in college. I think it's good, but yes, I, I'll say yes, it does. I think interning in college is great because you're getting the skills, you're getting how things work, like how things work in Michigan and how things work out here. It's like the same thing. You know, it's essentially the same thing. It's just locations, locations, locations. Get the skills, get everything that you need in college, but you may have to do it again when you come out to LA. And that's okay. And that's okay. You'll already thrive because you have that internship experience in college. That's one of my regrets, but like that I didn't like intern really. I mean, I, I, I kind of got paid to do it when I was running the news station, but like in my undergrad, I wish I interned more. Like intern is intern is good. Don't think about the money. The money will come, but you know, just just think about it, the skills and who you'll meet. And it's all about who you know out here. It's it's corny and cliche, but it is the damn truth. What are some of the key skills that you think students would need to have if they plan on going to LA and looking for a job like yours? What are the things they need to be focused on? Well, Patty, I got to be real with you. Uh, if I told you this, you probably wouldn't believe me. This job that I got right now, I didn't get it based on my skills. I got it based on them liking me. Like, I had no experience in this game at all, like marketing, producing, like, Holly, like in Hollywood in general. So I don't know if I could really say, like, hey, this is the skills that you need. Of course, you know, your communication game has to be very important. Your email game has to be very important. Like, I had to learn that on the job. Skills, I, I can't really, I can't really say the skills. I just, I, it's, it's corny, but I think there was a dude at our commencement in 2015 who says, don't be a dick. Yo, he was right. I got it based on just them just liking me, not my skills. I should also ask, you know, making the move out to LA, a lot of our students are going to be doing it at some point or another, especially if they're interested in TV, film. What are some of the tips that you have for 
some folks that maybe haven't been out of Michigan before, mm-hmm. what should they expect with their move? Anything that you would do to guide them in the right direction? Okay, lower your expectations, okay? Do not expect to find a place a week when you land, okay? Like I did. I'm like, yeah, I'm a hustler. I'm from New York. I could find a place in, in two days. Hell no, it took me two months to find a place. Housing is a, is a problem out in LA, okay? It is a problem. So just all I could say with that is just like, you know, expect to be, expect to be broke for a little bit. Expect to be broke. Um, no matter how much money you plan to bring, you might burn through it because of other circumstances. Find a, if you can, try to find a friend, a really, really good friend who has a nice couch. Plan to be there for at least two months because that's how long it'll take to look for a place out in LA. Do not give you, the landlord uh, <laughs> your money unless you are actually moved into a spot. I'm, I'm talking about like deposit and everything. Like, don't give a deposit and then have a move-in date. You bring the deposit when you're in, when you're actually moved in. Okay, I got robbed that way. It's it was, it was crazy. And just like keep the keep the faith. You know what I mean? It's like it's a it's not so much of like the skill. It's like your mental has to be good too. You know what I mean? Like you have to talk to yourself every day. Like yo, I got this. I can do this. Because it's a lot of like internal battles of just like because you know Michigan is very different from California. You know, there's a lot of flakes out here. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that toughen you up. You know what I mean? To like really know the reality. And I feel like I had that leg up because I'm from New York and New York is very cutthroat too. So um, yeah, that that's like one of the, that's one of the tips that I would give that's, that comes up off the top of my head right now. When you mentioned earlier, when you were in New York, you went through a lot of rejection trying mm-hmm. to look for jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like students need to have sort of a thick skin in this business to be able yes. to survive? Yes, absolutely. You you need thick skin. Do not think of rejection as like, okay, you're not good enough. Just think of it as a misdirection. That's just not for you. There's something better lined for you. So you just got to, you, you got to talk through that. And I had to go through that rejection to come out here. You know what I mean? It was just rejection left and right, where it's just like, I was applying to like probably 3000 applications and for jobs that I didn't even care about. It was stuff just to get to the door, you know? I got denied being a janitor at NBC <laughs> in New York. I'm not even lying. I applied, but I got denied. You're overqualified. So do you see any trends in the industry right now that are coming, that are changing the way we look at media or the way that folks might be looking uh, in terms of career paths, things that people should be aware of? Yes. Watch what you're putting on your Instagram, please. They're looking at that. Okay. (laughs) Recruiters are looking at what you're putting on your Instagram and your Facebook. Okay. Hide the beer bottles. Okay. Just put a red cup, a solo cup. They don't know what that is. Just don't, don't, don't put that out there. I don't know if that answered your question, but that was the first thing that I thought of. (laughs) That was the first thing I thought of. Definitely good advice. Yes. Don't put that. Please delete them right now. You mentioned that you're friends with Joel, who went through the program in BCA as well. Have you run into other CMU folks at all that are working in the industry? Yes, I ran into Russell Tandy. I don't know if you know who that is. Russell Tandy, he was in BCA 521 with me. He, we did the analogous. I think we won the MABs that year for that. Yeah, the um, Michigan Association of Broadcaster Awards, for those yes. who don't know. 
Yeah, we won that year. He was the producer on there. I ran into Russell Tandy. He works for Milk Studios. Um, she's like thriving over there. You know, like he's he's doing a great job. He's doing so well. He don't even answer my text no more. It's cool though. <laughs> I wish him well. He's doing great. Um, who else have I run into? Kate Wolski. I ran into Kate Wolski. I didn't know her too well, but like we we ran into that's more Joel's friend, but we ran into each other. She's doing her thing at uh entertainment at E. And that's about it. Like I've had like visit, we've had like visitors like from CMU who like come out and everything. Like shout out to Katie Goins, like who's come out, like who's come to visit. She's worked, she worked a summer there in LA doing some PA gigs. And there are more out there. I just don't, I don't run into them really. Yeah. Cause I keep hearing more and more of our students heading out there. So I was wondering if, if people find each other, it's such a big city. Uh, in such a big industry, but it seems like we have enough that we could have a little community going. Yeah, yeah, we do. We got enough. And I forgot Tori. I don't know if you remember Tori. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tori's out there. She's, uh, she did, um, last I heard, she cut on uh, Space Jam, Space Jam too. Like she's, she's doing great. She's, she's out here. Um, and those are the ones that I've run into. Yeah, like the, like we're here. You know, there's chips out here. You know what I mean? You just got to look us up and find us. So kind of reminiscing about your college days, you had mentioned you had pretty much your tuition paid for because you were a graduate assistant in the program. What was that experience like when you were in college? It was a, again, it was a shock. I remember taking Heather's class where she gave, a, I took her a quantitative stats class and then the textbook that she gave us, like, yo, one chapter was like 300 pages. I'm like, oh, read chapter one due by next week. And I'm like, what? 100 pages by next week of just dry words? Get the hell out of here. I thought I was going to drop out soon. I was like, this work is crazy. But it was it was a shock for sure. I wasn't used to having all night classes, which was, uh, but it was actually cool. It was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was pretty, you know, I got some sleep, you know? The experience was good. It was, at first, I had to find a balance between work and school. Because, like, part of my uh, assistantship was to help run New Central 34 which was from nine to six on, uh, I had it three days a week, my first year. So it was kind of, I guess I had to manage my time. Time management was very important in grad school. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, yo, homework, you got to do this. You have to make sure you're at work on time. And then, you know, the news ended at like six o'clock and then I had to go rush to class right then. And, you know, so it was kind of, uh, but it was a great experience. It's, I'm a hypocrite because I said I didn't enjoy my time there when I was actually there. But now that I actually left, I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed that experience. I think that's typical for all of us. Like you go through your undergrad, grad school, depending yeah. on how much, how, how far you go through yeah. your higher ed yeah. And at the time, it seems like such a slog. It's so much work. And then you look back and you think, oh, those were the best days of my life. The good old days. <laughs> exactly. It's always easier when you look back at it. Looking back, so you worked with News Central, but you don't really do anything with news necessarily now. Were there any things that you learned through that experience that you can put into practice when you're producing in a job like you have now? Oh, hell yeah. Part of my job was make sure I'm dotting the I's and T's of everything. Like it made me, New Central is great because it taught me how to really like pay attention. Do not let your attention be swayed. If there's anything, yo, act on it. Like, what is that? What is that right there? Why are we doing this? Question everything from anybody. Doesn't matter who. 
it made me have more attention to detail, which is so important in this business. Like, don't like, I'm still working through that. Like I'm not a hundred percent, but it's just like, you, you really have to flag everything, anything that doesn't seem right. Just flag it to somebody just, just so your heart could chill. You know what I mean? Cause it's just, it, uh, it's one of those things. Cause yo, in this business, if, if you don't say anything, don't even say like, oh yeah, I did see that your key card might not work tomorrow. <laughs> like I did see that mistake. I thought it was all, I thought it was, it was supposed to be there. Don't say nothing like that. It's best to say like, oh my God, what happened? You know, it's best to say that. But yeah, that's what uh, New Central like taught me, like uh, attention to detail about everything. And shout out to Sykes, man. Sykes was great. He taught me how to, he taught me how to talk to people. You know what I mean? Like if those like, I remember there was like a breaking news and, you know, after six o'clock, nobody's trying to stay and like go shoot this car accident that's on mission. And he taught me like, yo, how to talk to people. It's just like, listen, I need you. <laughs> to do this like I, I we need you like it would really help us out like I need you and then you know ever since then I've been using that with everything to try to manipulate someone to do something that they don't want to do say that I need you shout out to Rich Sykes Rick Sykes sorry so far in your career what have been your proudest moments and we're talking like within the business because I was thinking like stand-up comedy either Okay. My proudest moment is when I did the comedy store, like for the first time, Sharon standing on the same stage as, well, he wasn't there, but his feet were there. Dave Chappelle, for people who want to get a glimpse of that, like Dave Chappelle, uh, I think it was Bird Revelation, I think. He had like that little intimate room. That's where I was at the comedy store, which just felt great. My proudest moments, I want to, I want to say right now, Something that I helped produce got released out into this world. I, I got released into the world and it just felt really good. The trailer for this movie called Mayday, I'm not sure if you know about it, that I, I, I helped produce and I helped produce the documentary that's on Amazon right now. Um, the trailer for Mayor Pete on Amazon, which is a great documentary if everybody want to watch that. Those are my proudest moments. So it's like something that you, you know, you, you put your two cents in, you help make this happen. You know, it, you feel you feel good. You know, you walk down the street, you see a billboard or you see this and you're like, oh, yeah, we did that. That's so cool. And that's like my proudest moments right now. I'm just I'm just happy to be here. Yo. I'm just proud. Just I'm just proud to be here. I'm proud to be here talking to you, Patty and Allison. For those who don't know who that is, that is the producer here. I'm just I'm just happy. Yes, my my producer, Allison, who has helped set up all of these podcasts, including this one. Yes. Shout out to Allison. Yeah, I think that being uh -huh. able to produce something and put your mark on it and have people see it, it's definitely a moment that you should be proud of. Yeah, it's like it stops you. Like when you see it, it stops you in your track. I do want to say, I think I missed this part. It's just like, you know, if you want to come out to L.A., great. But understand that coming out here, you're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices. You know, um, don't feel that like when you come out here, don't feel that what is happening to you hasn't happened to me or anybody else. Okay. Yes. I've been, I've been robbed before. I, I, I faced homelessness. Like seriously, like I was like a day getting almost kicked out not being on the street. I faced that. I faced being lied to about certain like producers like yo come work for my company like yo just intern there's no money but yo we're gonna go far like i've been lied to that way you've been shortchanged and it's okay it's all part of the process to where you're destined to be which is greatness okay so i just want 
I just want people like, you know, students at CMU, like to feel like, you know, you will make it. You just got to make that leap and just stick with it and keep knocking on that door. Cause look, I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. So if it can happen to me, it can happen to you too. So um, yeah, that's my uh, concluding statement. Jess, thanks so much for spending time with us today. We really appreciate hearing about your experiences. No problem. Thank you for having me. That's another episode of Depth of Field, a production of the School of Broadcast and Cinematic Arts at Central Michigan University. Thanks to my engineer, Michael Pawarski, and my producer, Allison Biss. I'm Patty Williamson. Thanks for joining us.